SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. NBA's in a lot of trouble, whether it's the attitude of the players, whether it's the teams, we're getting sick of LeBron, it's just a bunch of athletes all getting together. I'm just going to get with my friends and, and deal with it. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. November 19th morning, yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls as we always do, 844-843-6879, again that's toll free, 844-843-6879, you want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks, that's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com, hit the contact, Scott Icon, and fire away, email, tweets, phone calls right here, again that's out of bagels and bad beats on this Thursday, November 19th. NBA draft. Who won, who lost? NBA stands for no brains allowed. Those are fighting words in New York. All in the family in Philadelphia. Uh, who's Golden State's Achilles here? The good old ball days are back. Winning comes with a cost in L.A. Deep-sixing Philly fans. The Bucks are spent. Uh, anybody see Mike Hunt and the Perfect Ten? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. A lot of bagels and bad beats on this uh, Thursday, November 19th. And we had some Mac football last night. Uh, to boot us, we had three more football games. Uh, not much defense being played in uh, two of them. One game actually did go under, even though they had 50-plus points, and both other and the two other games uh, all went uh, over. So little college footballs. We uh, prep up for a uh, monster weekend in, uh, in college football. But the big story, the NBA draft. As uh, no real surprises as far as the top three are concerned. We had a consensus on who was going to go number one. Anthony Edwards did go one. Weissman goes number two. And then Ball goes number three. We'll break it all down. Not happy what the New York Knicks did. Thrilled with what the Boston Celtics did and the Chicago Bulls. Boy, what a bunch of dopes. We'll get to it all. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Thursday morning with your truly Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. My workout was was excellent. I feel like uh, I had a really great workout. Uh, the conversation was great. Um, everything was good there, and I feel like I, like I said, I feel like I fit there just like I fit any other team. There, if they're gonna take the chance on me, I'm gonna go in there and give them all. With the first pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Anthony Edwards from the University of Georgia. So Anthony Edwards with his mother and grandmother with him there in spirit. 
He knows which hat he can take out of that big box now, and it is the one that belongs to the Minnesota Timberwolves. on this uh, Thursday morning. There you go. The number one pick taken last night in the NBA draft as expected as uh, Anthony Edwards, uh, you know, after a week of, uh, really maybe two weeks of going back and forth, whether it was going to be LaMelo Ball, whether it was going to be Edwards, uh, you know, it was a little faction in there with uh, Weissman, uh, but then they figured he would mix well with the uh, Carl Anthony Towns on the court. But it was generally between those three with, with Edwards, you know, uh, for the last two days, maybe getting a slight lead on going number one. And in fact, uh, there he was. ESPN with, with the call last night as uh, the draft was uh, completed last night. Uh, Edwards goes number one to Minnesota. Weissman does go number two to Golden State. Uh, Charlotte takes LaMelo Ball, which opens up a, a can of worms there with uh, Michael Jordan and company. And then uh, Patrick Williams goes uh, from Florida State to, to number four uh, with the uh, Chicago Bulls fourth overall pick. So let, let's start from the top and then uh, say that uh, the Edwards kid played half a season, rookie of the year in Georgia. The team stunk of 16 and 16. Average basically 20 points a game. He was the star of the team. Kind of like Markel Fultz when he was at the Washington State a couple of years ago. You know, how many people watch Georgia basketball, right? I mean, they, they played 32 games, but the NCAA tournament wasn't played, as we all know. And, and that's when most people, you know, the casual college basketball fan, you know, they, they generally sit down, you know, they watch some of these conference tournaments. They watch the NCAA tournament. They'll see a player you know, perform for a couple of games, and then they'll evaluate how good they think that player is based on that, right? I mean, that's what most of us do. Who's sitting down watching a Georgia Vanderbilt basketball game on a Tuesday night? Not many of us, but we didn't have that this year. You know, we, we didn't have the NCAA tournament. We didn't have the conference tournaments for the most part. So we were kind of like, you know, how many people really, you know, I, I watch all these so-called draft nicks and experts, and they're breaking down all these players. And I'm thinking to myself, James Weissman played three games for Memphis. I mean, how many times did you see him play? Anthony Edwards was never on national TV. Georgia stunk last year. All right? They were barely making the NIT. They weren't making the NCAA tournament. How many times did you realistically watch Anthony Edwards play? So who knows if this guy's going to be any good? You know, you have to hope, you know, the NBA fan, you know, NFL fan, too, because of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And who knows if these guys are really any good. But, you know, the NBA fan in particular, though, you got to have faith that the GM knows what he's doing. And that, that, that's really it. I mean, you're, you're at the mercy. You could watch a couple of guys play. I mean, how many times have you seen LaMelo Ball play in New Zealand, right? I mean, maybe you saw some highlights, but who's watching New Zealand basketball? You know, you got three games out of Weissman. That's all you got. You know, and you got basically nothing uh, nationally televised games anyway. You had Anthony Edwards. You know, the, the kid from Chicago, he didn't even freaking start. I mean, you got four guys, top four guys in the draft. How many times did you see them play? So, you know, if you're a Minnesota fan or a Warriors fan or, a uh, you know, a Bulls fan or, or a Hornets fan, you have to hope that your general manager knows more than you do. I mean, you really do. You're at the mercy of just having to have faith in that front office and know that, okay, they think Anthony Edwards is going to be the best guy in the draft. I mean, you could sit there and debate it all you want, but realistically, do you know anything about these guys? No. I mean, I, I guess all sports are like that when you really think about it. You know, baseball, who's watching high school baseball, right? Most of these kids are coming right out of high school, some in college, but no one's watching college baseball either, so you don't know. Hockey, forget about who, you know, who's watching some of these minor league uh, teams all around the the world, literally. 
football, you know, you you know running backs, you know quarterbacks, you can evaluate wide receivers, maybe some defensive backs you can evaluate, but you know the, the linemen. And are you really able to break down offensive game film of the, the fat defensive or offensive tackle? Eh, probably not. You, you know, you're, you're kind of at the mercy. I guess the NFL is probably the one where you could evaluate as a Joe Schmo fan the most out of all the sports. Um, you know, hockey, forget about. Baseball, forget about. An NBA, maybe a second rung on that. You, you, a couple of these guys, yes. But for the most part, these guys are all freshmen. You know, they're all, you know, kids coming out one year out of college. That That's basically it. You know, a couple of guys a few years, Obi Toppin. But for the most part, it's the Anthony Edwards one year. It's the James Weissman three games. It's a LaMelo ball, nothing in college, playing overseas. Who knows how these guys are really, you know what I mean? You have to have faith that that, that your front office knows what the budget's doing. So I could sit here and yell and scream about how Anthony Edwards is going to be great or he's going to be awful, uh, as I'm sure, you know, some talk show hosts are going to do. But. Uh, listen, I, I've never BS on things that I know or I don't know. I'm confident in my ability on, on what I know. I, I, I watch enough sports, and I'll give you an evaluation. I'll let you know when I know something, and I'll let you know when I don't know something. Do I know if James Weissman is going to be great for Golden State after watching him play for three games? No. Who knows, right? I, I mean, if every seven-footer would turn out to be a great NBA player, we wouldn't have anyone less than seven feet playing in the NBA. All right, Just because he's seven feet tall doesn't mean he's going to be great. You know, just because Anthony Edwards can average 20 points in a college basketball uniform for less than a year doesn't mean he's going to be great. And that's the one thing about these broadcasts. You know, when they start evaluating some of these players at the four-letter network, which their broadcast was just brutal last night. Oh, God, just boring. I mean, you might as well watch the grass grow, you know, paint dry, throw this whatever slogan you want out there. I mean, they were as boring and uninteresting as you could come up with. I mean, a group of four of them. I mean, not one, not two, not three, all four. <laughs> one more boring than the other, right? But as they're going down every single draft choice, every single pick, oh, this guy's great. This guy's great. This guy can do that. This guy can do it. You know, it's like, you know, again, as I mentioned yesterday, all right, if this guy is the greatest thing in the world, you know, how come he's lasting until the 14th, 15th, 16th pick then? You know, you know the the uh, the kid that the Celtics took, who you know I like. I've seen him play a couple of times. Aaron Neesmith, you know, best shooter in the draft. I'm being told, really, best shooter in the draft. Well, what does that tell you about the draft? That the best shooter in the draft, which is the number one thing you want, right, out of a player, lasted until the 13th pick. That doesn't make any sense. How does the best shooter in the draft last last 13? And then when they were talking about Lamelo Ball. You know, I'll quote Jay Billis, uh, um, former Dookie Pukie. Uh, he says he's an awful shooter and doesn't guard anybody. And I'm sitting there and so, what? He, he can't shoot and he doesn't play any defense, but he's going number three? Hello? A- anybody home? You, you don't find that peculiar? You don't want to break that down? That the guy who, in your words, is an awful shooter and he can't guard anybody? is going third overall after never even playing in college? You don't find that strange? You're not going to go off on this whole tangent about that? Really? Am I? Was I the only one that was watching that last night? And I've heard him say that before. And I generally like Billis in his role. But last night, he was just boring as boring can be. But, you know, am I the only one that's sitting there listening to this and I'm hearing him say that, he, and I don't doubt it. I, you know, again, how many times did I watch New Zealand basketball, right? Except for a few highlights, never. So you tell me he's an awful shooter and he can't guard squat? Okay, I'll believe you. Well, then what the fudge is he doing going number three to Charlotte then? 
You know, no one on the panel picked up on that. You know, even Billis didn't, like, expand on that. Like, okay, here's why he's going number three, because he could pass the ball. Great. You know what? That's all fine and dandy. He could pass the ball because, you know, generally in the NBA, you don't find those uh, players, I suppose. But I'm not taking a guy who's an awful shooter and can't guard anybody third in the country. There's got to be somebody better than that. You want to take them, you know, later in the first round? Hell, that sounds like a second-round pick to me. That, that sounds like a free agent signing to me. I'm going in the NBA where I can't shoot, and I'm going in the NBA where I can't guard anybody. Maybe in today's NBA, not guarding anybody is that big a deal, but, you know, if you can't score 30 and you're giving up 30, I don't know what you're doing then in, in, in the NBA going third overall. That was very weird. So it, it was a strange draft last night. And again, you, you got to hope that the, the team knows what the, your favorite team knows what it's doing. All right, Bengals and Bad Beats will break them all down right here on a Thursday morning with Scott Weather. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On this Thursday morning, a day after the NBA draft last night, in which LaMelo Ball did go number three to the Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats slash who knows what they're going to be next year. Yep, that sets up the scenario of the Ball family dealing with Michael Jordan. I tell you what, uh, considering Michael Jordan's drafts uh, over the last uh, seven, eight years uh, since he's been in charge with Charlotte, uh, you know, the LaMelo Ball, there's a pretty good chance he's not going to do very well. <laughs> you know, nothing for nothing, but you can count on one hand, you know, how many times they've actually had a decent draft. So, but it's LaMelo Ball and maybe just maybe, I tell you, watching the broadcast last night, Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. I was disappointed. I really, I've been, I've been a little disappointed in Lavar and in, in, in Papa Ball there. You know, I expected a little bit more emotion out of him. I don't know if he was pissed off that his son didn't go number one. I mean, do you really want your kid going to Minnesota these days? Um, you know, given your druthers, I would say you know Charlotte's not a bad team because and listen, the team stinks and he can be the face of the franchise. You know, everything he wanted for Lonzo. Uh, you know, he could now get with his son, you know, Lonzo going to the Lakers originally, he was never going to be the face of the franchise. I mean, you know, th- that's just not happening in LA. And then eventually he got traded to New Orleans as part of, uh, you know, the AD deal. So that didn't pan out clearly. So his son has an opportunity now to be that face of the franchise. He, he wouldn't have been it with Golden State, you know, maybe Minnesota with, with Carl Anthony Towns, I suppose, but that franchise has been dead for so long. I mean, there's such you know, a uh, black cloud over that the whole Minnesota area anyway. I mean, you know, you wouldn't, you know, outside of the prestige, you go with number one. Would you really want to go to Minnesota, a team that has underachieved year after year after year? They've had good player after good player after good coach after good coach, and they still can't win. I mean, uh, just Flip Saunders, for whatever reason, uh, you know, his poor death is keeping uh, this team from being successful. So, I, you know, I don't know if I necessarily want to go to Minnesota anyway. Charlotte, you know, you're on the East Coast, which is far for for the Ball family, which is living in L.A. I get that. But, 
You know, you're teaming up with Michael Jordan. A hell of a lot worse things than doing that, right? You're in the Eastern Conference, which uh, is perceived to be, you know, uh, worse than the Western Conference. So you can go from bottom to top in the Eastern Conference. You can become a playoff team a heck of a lot easier. So it's not a bad spot. But when you watch the broadcast last night and they showed, uh, you know, the ball family, there was Lamar, the daddy, just no reaction whatsoever. None. You know, LaMelo's thrilled. Mom is thrilled. Uh, the supporting cast around him thrilled, and there, there's Papa Ball sitting there on the couch, and boy, he he was not happy. Again, I, I don't know if it was because he thought his kid was going to go higher than number three. You know, if that's the case, then boy, you talk about a spoiled attitude, right? I, I mean, listen, you're going number three overall after never stop, uh, stepping foot in a college uniform. Uh, that's pretty darn good for your son. You know, uh, I, I don't know if they're spoiled to the point where it's, uh, you know, two or higher. Uh, as Lonzo went, you know, a couple of years ago. But, you know, going number three is not a bad freaking thing. I'll, I'll tell you that. But it was very a subdued LeVar Ball last night. And I don't I don't want a subdued LeVar Ball. You know what? We need a boisterous LeVar. Uh, dare I ever ask for that? Because I remember him being a pain in the ass and just yapping, yapping, yapping. And the media just covering him and every single dumb thing he would say. They treated it like it was the end of the world. Like, oh, my gosh, do you hear what he said now? You know, but I, I miss the, the, the LeVar Ball days. I, I miss the days where he said he could kill Michael Jordan in a game of one-on-one. I do. I, I miss the days when LeVar would say Lonzo was better than Steph Curry, the reigning MVP at the time. I, I do miss that. You know, I, I miss when he said Lonzo would only play for the L.A. Lakers. Now, he later said he was taken out of context, but you know what? I don't doubt that the first second he actually said that and meant that, you know? Uh, you know, I miss those days when he claimed he could beat MJ in the game of one-on-one. I really do. How about when, when he said he was seeking $1 billion from an apparel or shoe company for his three sons? You know, I mean, I, I, I miss those boisterous LeVar days. Where you been, LeVar? Where you? Come on. You got a son in the NBA who's doing fairly well. You got another kid, uh, you know, who's going overseas and making a name for himself. And he's coming back and he's now in the NBA himself. Give me, give me something last night, right? I figured he'd be jumping up and down, yelling, screaming, pounding his fist. You know, he's saying he's going to beat MJ in a game of one-on-one again. You know, give me a little, what happened? Where's the good old LeVar Ball? Well, you know, you're saving it for your dopey TV show? Is that it? Come on, brother. You're better than that. Give us a little something. As you always do, make it about yourself. I mean, is it possible? Is it really possible that LeVar is actually turning into a good parent? That he's putting his sons ahead of himself. He's not saying it's all about me, 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 despite what the sons are accomplishing. Forget about what about be, uh, being about them. It's, it's always about me. Is he actually like getting rid of that attitude? Is he actually willing, dare I, dare I even suggest it? Is he actually willing to take a back seat to his kid's success? Wow. Uh, whatever happened to the good old days, you know? Where's Richard Williams with the Williams sisters in tennis? Uh, you know, where's LeVar with the Ball brothers in the NBA? Eh. And now all we get is subdued, calm, quiet, you take over attitude. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Just missed the good old days. So it's going to be have to, it's gonna be up to years truly with my daughter, my 15-year-old. Hopefully we can get her a scholarship. I, I'll, I'll be that father. I will. That's why I like the Richard. And that's why I like the, you know, LeVar. I'd be the same way. Yeah, you. if I had a son or daughter that was uh, – you know, capable of playing in the NBA or, or playing tennis in the case of Richard Williams, you, you think I wouldn't be yelling and screaming and saying, me, me, me? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, listen, he's getting off on the NBA. He's got a kid that never played, uh, you know, college basketball. He got a kid that, you know, got bounced out of UCLA. 
you know, he's got uh, another son that, that, you know, maybe he's going to be, you know, just as good, maybe better. Who knows with the lie mellow or whatever he pronounces the other kid's name. Um, you know, he's living the high life. It's, it's not a bad deal. It, it really isn't. So now he's going to go with Michael Jordan. I don't know if he thinks he's going to get overshadowed. Um, but, you know, that team is so bad that if he doesn't step right in and be an integral part of that team, then, you know, he's just not that good. So, but who knows? As I said before, you know, Anthony Edwards, number one in Minnesota, who knows? I mean, I do like the fit. You know, if that's how you're going to evaluate these things, not necessarily how good a player, you know, can or can be, but do I like the fit of a big man at Golden State? That that was my favorite pick. Yeah. Uh, out of all the picks I took yesterday, I would take him number one. I, I think he's got the biggest upside when you read all the things and you hear all the stuff about this guy and all the colleges that wanted him and he decided to go to Memphis, you know, with Penny Hardaway, who was at the house last night, as you would think he would be. It was kind of funny, you know, watching some of these draft choices and they were all very similar, but, you know, there's Penny Hardaway who, you know, apparently, allegedly, whatever you want to say, you know, paid the family to be able to move to Memphis and have him, you know, be them by their son's side while he went to, to Memphis for the three games, you know, so he's there and after to make the announcement, they're all congratulating James, right? As you think they would do. And there's Penny sitting on the couch's uh, armrest and he's just, you know, just dumb faced, like, okay, you know, and, and no one's going to celebrate him. No one, you know, not that he deserves anything, but you know, you would think, okay, I, you know, I brought this kid from, from nowhere and I got him, you know, on the map and uh, he, he could have gone anywhere. Don't get me wrong. Bit of a mentor for him. But you would have thought that would have been a little bit more excitement for Penny, or even Penny would have had a little bit more excitement. You know, pound your fist, congratulate. You know, he just sat there, just like, duh. You know, <laughs> okay, I'm here. Why? I because I want to make uh, you know for free publicity for my Memphis Tigers basketball program. I thought that was a little, little, little weird. You know, all these guys. You know, if I'm sitting there, they all kind of did a good job of letting it be about the person being drafted. I, I must say, um. You know, even Lamar, as as we mentioned here, I, I would have been if I was one of the kids handlers or parents or brothers, or friends. And I and I get my buddy whose name is just announced. I'm yelling and screaming. I'm jumping for joy. I, you know, I'm acting a little bit more positively than, than what we saw last night. We did see a lot of the crying and all, you know, the, the mumbo jumbo. They all sound like great kids. There wasn't one kid. Honestly, I, I watched, uh, you know, basically the entire first round up until about 20, 22, 23 or so. And, you know, they all seemed good. There wasn't one guy that came across like a bozo. Uh, yet, you know, somehow or another, you know, ultimately, I'd say some of these guys will turn into bozos. I mean, they all praise God, which is great. They all thank their friends and their family and the colleges or, uh, you know, the coaches that they dealt with, uh, parents. You know, they all did and said the right thing. I don't know if they were all prepped on it. I don't know if it was all natural, but they all came across as good soldiers. And hopefully they all work out, you know. But there are some deals that just don't make any sense to me. Patrick, we'll start with the Bulls at, at four. They took a guy, Patrick Williams, out of Florida State. So what's the problem? Well, uh, first off, you know, Florida State, a uh, decent little team. Always underachieved, though. Always, always underachieved. Second youngest player in the draft, right? Second youngest, but okay. He's got to go somewhere. He didn't even start last year for Florida State. He averaged nine stinking points a game coming off the bench. Now he's 6'8", seven-foot wingspan. That's all fine and dandy. But here's the bottom line. With the fourth, the fourth overall pick, you could have at this point any foreign player 
You could have any senior, any junior, any sophomore, and they choose a guy who wasn't even good enough, bottom line, to start for Florida State. And you're telling me that kid is going to be able to play and contribute for the Chicago Bulls? Boy, I, I know the NBA is based on potential. It's not based on production. It really is. But, man, I, if I'm a Bulls fan, I am disgusted with that draft choice today. More coming up. The Bigs of Bad Beats on a Thursday morning. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com try my disgusting bagel now back to bagels and bad beans with scott wetzel Build a franchise around. With the eighth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select Obi Toppin from Dayton University. What an emotional moment for the Dayton Flyer. Getting a round of applause from Adam Silver. It wasn't really that long ago. On this Thursday morning, 844-843-6879, breaking down the NBA trap. We got some NFL stuff to get the pretty good game. Uh obviously, well, I don't mean obviously, but a pretty good game uh, in the NFL tonight as we got Seattle, which has lost three of four, hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we'll get into that here in a little bit. As I have a big, 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 big decision to make on what I should do with my survivor pool. I'm in a league in which I've told you before, you have to pick two teams a week, not just one. And I got to tell you that, uh, as it would suggest, is doubly tough. It is. But I'm considering Seattle this week. I, I know there are other games, that, but there really aren't for how many teams you have left. You know, when you when you only pick one, you generally still have a number of teams and games you can pick. But when you pick two a week, boy, they add up pretty darn quickly. They, they really do. So I'm really down to four Maybe five games, uh, you know, and, and we got Seattle tonight. I could go with the Browns. Uh, I do have the Redskins available. If I really wanted to take a flyer, Redskins and Bungles this weekend, it'd be nice to use up Washington, you know, kind of like I used up Detroit last weekend, get rid of one of those awful, awful teams that you would never, ever use. You know, basically, if the season goes as far as it's supposed to uh, and the pool goes 17 weeks, you use up every team except two. Uh, so, you know, my designated two are the Jets and Jacksonville. Those are the two that I'm thinking I'm not going to use. So somewhere along the line, I'm probably going to have to use Washington if the thing goes 17. And it started out with 1,600 people, and it's down to – I don't count the people that have two strikes. It's almost impossible for those guys to win. So it's down to about 60 people, which, you know – is a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot when you consider that the it started with 1,600, but when you just say, okay, there's 60 people buying for this, it's like, all right, this, this probably could go three, four more weeks. Yeah, it probably could, barring 
a weekend of just mass destruction of major upsets. So you, you have to start saving some teams, um, you know, but you also just want to win in advance. And we've yet to have, me and my daughter, we do, both do it. We've yet to have any strikes. We're one of only five people uh, with no strikes. So we have, you know, uh, we're, we're playing with house money here. No matter what happens, we're still going to be live after this weekend, which is a beautiful thing. So do I have faith in Seattle? Seattle has the easiest schedule remaining out of all the uh, playoff type of teams. So if we don't use them this week, there are ample opportunities to use them later on, including against the Jets at home, which you'd have to think is just about an automatic W, right? But that's not for four weeks. And, and you know, this whole thing could be done in four weeks, or at least we could be eliminated. So it's I have the Browns. I have the Redskins. I have the Seagirls. I could choose the Carolina Panthers if, if I had faith in them against Detroit. Uh, and then there was one more, oh, Denver, you know, against uh, our beloved Miami Dolphins. I could put the black cloud on Denver, you know, with Drew Locke, uh, you know, not knowing if he's going to play or not. I, you know, I don't know if I necessarily have faith in that. I mean, I, if I really, 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 really wanted to put the black cloud on Denver, I would choose them. I, I don't know if I'm dedicated enough to do that with 1,600 people in a pool. That's a lot of uh, shekels, shall we say. So big game, uh, Seattle. Is Seattle really going to lose? Uh, you know, twice to Arizona in one year. Well, I bet you can count on one hand how many times that's happened to Russell Wilson. You know, I, I had to go back and double check and see how many times has Russell Wilson lost to the same team twice. Now, obviously, you're only going to face, you know, that three times a season unless you face a team in the postseason that you face in the regular season. But, you know, and how many times has he lost three games in a row? I bet the same thing. I know he's only lost two in a row. What was it? Uh, eight, eight times. So out of those eight, did he go on to lose three in a row? You know, probably a couple of times. But what are the chances of Russell Wilson, you know, losing three in a row? That's what I mean by, you know, I was telling my daughter, you know, sometimes you just, it just comes down to which team can you live with yourself the best if you lose? You know, if you pick Denver, and you lose, and you're like, what am I doing? Now, I got the hottest team in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. I know they're on the road, but the Broncos stink. What, what, what am I pissing away a choice on Denver? You take Washington, same thing. What am I, nuts? The Redskins? I, you know, uh, the, the Washington football team? I'm going to put American money on a team that doesn't even have a nickname? Oh, what am I, crazy? You know, Charlotte, same thing. You know, they got a quarterback who's banged up. Maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Their best offensive weapon, Christian McCaffrey's definitely not playing. You know, you know, am I going to go with Charlotte? The one that you could live with is Seattle. You know, that that's the one where it's just like, you know what? I got Russell Wilson. It, first place is on the line. They're at home. They've lost to this team before in, in heart-wrenching fashion in overtime. So, you know, any kind of mental edge, uh, you know, will will be with Seattle. They're the home team on a Thursday night, which, you know, unless you're Tennessee last week against Indianapolis, is a pretty good spot to be in. You know, if they end, if you pick Seattle and they end up losing, then it's just, you know what? What are you going to do? It wasn't meant to be. It just wasn't meant to be. But that Arizona team scares me, I must say. Having watched, uh, you know, their two games the last two weeks against the Dolphins and then Bills, not that I haven't seen them before, but I really just extensively rocked the whole, you know, the whole bit of the game. That's a dangerous team. Um, the fact that, you know, Kyle Murray can run around like he does, and that Seattle defense is so bad. I, I mean, just so bad. But I must say, I do like going against teams that won the way 
Arizona won last week, last second fashion, you know, the Hail Mary throw. Uh, you know, they're as giddy as giddy can be, and they're on a short week, and they're on the road. That's, you know, that's three strikes in my book. I, I would not be betting on Arizona. You know, all the trends, I will tell you, say Arizona, but all the analytics, if you will, say Seattle. Short week, go with the home team, that's Seattle. Uh, a crazy finish the week before the teams that win those crazy finishes are the ones that tend to lose the next time out because they're so giddy and they're still celebrating. Hell, we're still seeing stories about how DeAndre Hopkins is the greatest thing in the world. You think they were talking about the Seattle game? No, they're still concentrating on that Buffalo win. So you go against teams like that. And, you know, they've beaten uh, Seattle once already this year. The chances of you beating the same team that's the same caliber as you twice you know, so all those things side towards Seattle. But if you look at all the trends and how well teams are playing and this and that, then it's Arizona because Seattle has lost uh, three or four. They really going to lose four or five? Well, were they really going to lose three or four after they lost two or three? Yeah, they, they, they could lose. And, boy, they play like crap against the L.A. Rams. I, I don't know if Russell Wilson's in a wall. I don't know if he's just, you know, frustrated to the point where he's no longer going to give 110%. He's only going to give 105%, and that's the difference in him performing well. I, I don't know, but that team is – it's a dangerous team. So if I don't go with them, then we're looking at uh, Cleveland. I'm definitely going to take the Browns. I think that's that's pretty much uh, – that Philadelphia Eagles team stinks. Boy, that, that, you talk about a team just living on reputation. That is it. Again, watching them this past week after watching them before, you keep on thinking, okay, weeks are going to go by, buys are going to go by. They're going to get healthier and healthier, so they're going to get better and better, and it is just not happening. Not happening. I got to figure out. Uh, no one has uh, thought this through, but what's a better percentage? Four and seven or three, six, and one? I would think three, six, and one, right? So you could have a scenario where the team, you know, assuming we don't uh, don't play a full season, strike, you know, or not strike, but uh, coronavirus cuts the season short. You could have a scenario where the team that wins the NFC least has less wins than the second place team. Like if the Giants win right now, we got. I need a mathematician genius out there. If the Giants win this week, and they're off, but let's just say they're on. You know, they they win next week. They go to four and seven. Philadelphia loses and goes to three, six, and one. What's a higher percentage? Four and seven or three, six, and one? So I, I think three, six, and one is the better percentage. So if that's the case, even though Philadelphia has three wins and, and the Giants have four, Philadelphia would be in first place. I, I think that's how it would go. So let's just say we don't play a full season. Let, let, let's say, you know, season shuts down and in two weeks and it continues to play out that way, that the Eagles have one more, uh, one less loss and it's a tie, but one less win. Um, you know, where would that eventually fall? I, I think it would fall. You know, I, I should know this because I was always so good at math. Uh, I, I think that eventually would fall to the Giants, but it, it, early on it would fall to Philadelphia, depending on how many games were actually played. How weird is that? You talk about a, a crazy division. That would be a crazy division. So uh, so we got Thursday Night Football uh, later on tonight. Uh, Seattle down to a three-point home favorite. Boy, 
If you would have told me a few years ago, Seattle would only be a three-point favorite against stinking Arizona uh, at home. Wow. All right, NBA, you know, I'm not happy with the, with the New York Knicks. Here are the teams I think screwed up last night. All right. Mention the Chicago Bulls. I'm not picking Patrick Williams with the fourth overall pick. You know, second youngest player in the draft. Upside through the roof, I suppose. But if you're not good enough to start in college, how the heck am I using the fourth overall pick on you? I mean, you may think this guy is going to turn out to be the greatest thing in the world. But chances are, even if he does, he's not going to turn into the greatest thing in the world until he's been in the league two, three years. And at that point, he can say, see you later. I'm out of here. You know, by the time he's ready to emerge and really be a true force in the NBA, he can leave as a, as a free agent. I mean, the, he couldn't start in college. <laughs> Nine points a game. And you're going to use the fourth overall pick on a guy like that? I mean, I don't care about potential. I don't. I, I am a production guy. I get it. NBA draft, as I stated before, it's potential over production. It is. I fully understand that. But if you're not even good enough to start in college your freshman year. Boy, how far away are you fulfilling your potential in the NBA? I I, I would never in a million years have taken him fourth overall. Again, late first round, second round, you want to take a flyer on a kid you think is going to be good? I get it, but I'll take a kid out of high school. At least he's showing me production versus a kid who's sitting on the bench. Knicks with the eighth overall pick. Uh, New York was all thinking they were going to take uh, Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. They didn't. He was on the board. They passed on him, and they took Abby Toppin from uh, uh, from Dayton. And I, I tell you what, here's why I don't like the Two reasons why I don't like the pick. One, every single highlight I've seen of this dude is a dunk. He led the nation in dunks 107. Now, he also shot 40% from three, so I'm not saying he can't hit a three. Clearly, he can. but He's not going to be able to live on dunks in the NBA. This is not Dayton, okay? You're not got you don't have St. Bonaventure on your schedule. You know, uh, you're, you're going to be playing real teams. Not that they play great defense in the NBA, but I, I would like to see a little bit more out of him. Actually shooting, posting up his guy. You know, all it is is dunk after dunk after dunk. And again, that's not going to fly in the NBA. And I'll tell you the other thing, really more than anything else, believe it or not, is he's from New York. And while on the surface, that sounds great. It makes for a Cinderella story. They're all thrilled. He's coming home. You know, I want to point out, though, that there are a gazillion colleges in New York that he could have gone to. I'm sure several of them. But instead, he went to Ohio. So I don't want a guy from New York. That means he's going to be distracted. He's going to have his uh, friends all asking for tickets and this and that. No, I want a guy that's from Topeka, Kansas. That's what I want. Close at hour number one next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last night, in case you missed some of the scores, 
As uh, we had uh, not one, not two, but three MACFA football games last night. Two of the games ended up going over, and uh, one of them obviously uh, went under. Uh, the uh, process of elimination, right? So let me uh, hop on my computer here, and I'll run down the scores. Here's where uh, the, the killing time here as uh, the computer is freezing. All right, there we go. Uh, we three scores from uh, from last night after having uh, two on uh, Wednesday. And boy, by the way, we have a ton of college football games that were canceled already. We're up to ten by my, my cat. I may have missed one or two, but we're up to ten games. I'll I'll run them down next hour. But last night, Western Michigan beat Central Michigan 52-44. Uh, Toledo knocked off Eastern Michigan 45-28. That was the over we gave you yesterday. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Nice little winner on that one. And uh, Ball State uh, bounced Northern Illinois 31-25. So Toledo, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan Central both went over. And uh, the Ball State game just snuck under, uh, getting only 56 points. So it's uh, been a high-scoring affair. All these games, uh, first half, just craziness. Uh, Central and Western Michigan, I I don't know if anybody punted. They had 28 points after one quarter. They had 38. They had 42 points at halftime. It it was it was nuts, or 45 points, excuse me. It was 31 to 14. Um, another 30 in the third and another 21 in the fourth quarter. That, that, that's not football, but but that's the MAC, and that, that's the goofiness of, of the MAC. So, uh, showdown uh, of the Michigan's Western wins. And so they're now with three and oh, and Central Falls to two and one. So, those are your three uh, football scores. Yeah, as far as uh, the, those things that are canceled already. I mean, it is just a, uh, a litany of games. You know, we got a couple seconds here, so I'll read. Ole Miss, Texas A&M wiped off the board. Georgia Tech, Miami, nothing. Charlotte Marshall, nothing. Texas, Kansas postponed. Louisiana Central, Arkansas postponed. Uh, Dukey Pukey's Wake Forest postponed. SMU Houston postponed. Latak UL Monroe postponed. UNLB Colorado State postponed and a couple of more. All right, hour number two coming up. Vegas and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360. 